All right, we are getting started in three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Recap, the podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media pages. This is the news that we found matters most to our voters, and we encourage legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what you hear, uh, on what they hear specifically. If you're new here, I'm Josh, I'm your host, and with me is our analyst, Alex Crohannon, and our writer, Anthony Arnold. Hey, Anthony. Oh. How you doing today? Feeling kind of spicy today, man. Feeling spicy. That's good. That's good. <laughs> How you doing there, Alex? I, I eagerly anticipating this spicy, spicy Anthony has coming. <laughs> well, we, we got a fun group of things to talk about today, but Anthony, let's go ahead and start with our polls. How are we doing there? Yeah. So, uh, as always, thanks to everyone who responded. Uh, our polls are every Friday on our Facebook page. So if you guys want to respond, if you want to see what we're talking about, head there on Fridays. So a couple weeks ago, we ran this poll about the OK hand gesture. Um, so it's, it's been added to the symbols of uh, recognized hate symbols. It's been added to that list recently. And so there are now some white nationalists who use it as a show of their allegiance. It's been banned from some video games. Uh, most recently, it was banned from the FIFA game, for instance. You're no longer allowed to do a celebration that would have the OK symbol. It was banned, I believe, from Call of Duty. And a uh, few people have been fired because they were seen making it in photos. Some of those were legitimate. Uh, one of them, very famously, was not, actually. The guy, actually, he was just making it, incidentally, out of his car window. The question we asked is, should we ban a gesture that's overwhelmingly overwhelmingly used in this more traditional way because a hate group adopted it. So most of the answers were in favor of not banning the symbol, but there were a couple notable exceptions. Uh, some people believe that when symbols or numbers or shapes uh, start to be used by these sort of groups, we should ban them because they've now been co-opted. You know, there's not really a correct answer here. Uh, symbols do have power. And so if those symbols are deployed to express hate, then we do have some sort of responsibility to monitor that, obviously. But there probably has to be some sort of threshold, right? Um, the example most often used is like the Nazi salute or the swastika. But it took a whole world war with those symbols being blasted on people's newspaper headlines before we were able to uh, ban those because they had been widely enough recognized. So... The tricky thing here, and this is where I was really interested in your comment section in particular, Alex, the internet has changed this completely. And a lot of this is about online culture. People may know I'm slightly older than both of you guys. For people who are above a certain age group, online culture basically just does not really exist like it does for you guys. Like I see on, you know, Josh, I'll see for instance with you, Josh, you'll post a lot more memes and stuff that like, I just don't engage with that. Even though I'm only slightly older than you, that's just not a part of online culture I engage with at all. So stuff like the OK symbol goes completely missed by me, but I'm guessing it doesn't go missed by you guys or your group. So this is tricky because these symbols can move through these channels. They can move unrecognized. They can be unknown, except for a small devoted group of people who know exactly what they mean. So what I want to know isn't so much what you guys think about the OK symbol. But as two guys who I think are more touched with this than I am, what do you think the end game is of all this? 
How will these sort of conversations play out over time? I think the the problem that we run into is uh, intent versus impact in a lot of these situations. Like there, I mean, if, if we if we look at the symbol in and of itself, like it wasn't necessarily created or like immediately associated with anything that was like awful. And so like it being picked up by a group that wanted to use it in a particular way doesn't necessarily mean, at least in my mind, that the, the symbol is bad. It just means that there are bad people using the symbol where I know a lot of other people will disagree with me saying that bad people using the symbol means that the symbol now means something bad. Um, but I, I think you're right in that it, this is more a thing that I've seen, especially with you know, people within my age group and especially people online that are younger than me um, care a whole lot more about this than like, well, I even do. <laughs> but, um, I, I think that, like I said, they, the, the real difference here is like what it's supposed to mean and then what it, what it means after it's been picked up. And like, I, I don't want to necessarily equate it to this, but I think another, like another idea of like something being picked up by a group and it now meaning something different than it used to was the rainbow. Like in my mind, the rainbow used to be just like a thing that existed. Like it wasn't really attributed to any particular group. And then at least in my opinion, the, the LGBTQ community kind of took that and then made the rainbow now mean something involving LGBTQ. So like, I don't necessarily think that like people attaching themselves or attaching additional meaning to something means that it's bad. It just, that, that changes over time, especially as more and more people either use or stop using a particular symbol. Okay. Gesture. I mean, so as for like the end, end game, I mean, so uh, how, how familiar are you with Pepe the Frog? Oh yeah. More familiar than I should be. Okay, so Pepe, like, uh, like the idea, like, um, I wasn't on uh 4chan, but like I've seen the, like I've seen like the early threads of it, where they just the you know a group of people just decided, hey, hey, what if we just take Pepe the Frog and make him a hate symbol? What if we just do that? Um, and like that was the goal. That like the goal is just to cause chaos. And you're right. This is a convert like this conversation is going to happen more frequently. And I don't know the best way of handling it. I just it's a complicated, nuanced problem. Yeah. It's not great for a super short like poll question format, but I actually wanted people to grapple with like this is gonna be really hard. I mean, Alex, we were texting before this. Things like the number eighty-eight. I don't know what to say about the number 88. I know it's used by some people to mean hell Hitler, but like, I like the number 88 because I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan and that's, that was Michael Irvin's number. Is it that's bad like that I very, had no idea that was even a thing? Most, see? No, no, most people don't. Most people don't. <laughs> if, a million, if a million people know what it means, that means that's 0.3% of the population of the U.S. And that's a million people. What? And it's still nothing. Right, see? But it's now recognized by the Anti-Defamation League. The number 88 is recognized as a potential, like, Hail Hitler. Meme. What? Because H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So, 88 is HH for Hail Hitler. That's... Look, you're in some real six degrees of separation. 
territory real fast. <laughs> but actually, but this is what I mean, though. We're, I mean, okay, okay, okay. Along those lines, so like we talk about the swastika. So the swastika, you know, initially meant like the four winds to right. go, like to expand to go in all directions. Right. That was co-opted by the Nazis specifically because it meant that. Right. Right. The you know the Reich will expand in all directions. Right. But it took a war for them to become recognized, and and we are allowing these groups to co-opt these symbols much at a much lower threshold, right? Like they're having to do way less work to become recognized now. And, and I, again, this is nuanced and I don't want to derail the whole recap episode, but uh, feel free, everyone. If you want to circle back, if you can circle back and find this poll, I would actually love to get more people's feedback on this one. Cause this is a very complicated, as you mentioned, a very nuanced very complicated topic that as long as the internet exists, we're going to be dealing with this. (laughs) So that's it, man. That's the poll. Well, yeah. Thanks thanks for, thanks for bringing that back up. That was, that was definitely one of the, one of the more interesting ones that we threw out because of, especially the online culture aspect of it. So that's, that was absolutely guys if you want to go back and talk about that one let's let's have a new discussion about that or any of the other things that show up but as always uh polls on fridays now alex covid is a thing right oh yeah it is let's talk Uh, some numbers uh so uh u.s uh total cases oh i I understand anthony that's the heartbreak Uh, total cases five million Three hundred forty thousand two hundred and thirty-two. Mm. Uh, if you want total deaths, we're at one hundred sixty-eight thousand six hundred ninety-six. Well, today, uh, the, these are the worst numbers. Uh, new cases today: fifty-four thousand six hundred and eighty-six. Excuse me. <laughs> mm. New deaths today, 1,150. 54? Yeah. What? 4,000. Yep. What? Yep. And uh, I will remind people, you know, uh, as we're recording this, um, a couple of schools have started up, um, and uh, I'll say across across the country, um, and different states are using different precautions and different portions of different states are using different precautions. And so we're going to have to be careful about monitoring these cases. Yep. Um, also on COVID. So on our last episode, I made a comment about Japan seeing a second wave. And one of the things about making a show about current news stories is that stories evolve. So since I made that comment, contact tracers have traced most of those cases to movement in U.S. bases. Why does that not surprise me? That's great. Specifically, the U.S. Marine Corps Air Station at uh, Futenma and Camp Hansen. Hmm. That's a damn Hmm. shame. There's there's Uh, always so much to say about uh, the COVID stuff. Yeah. I don't know how to make people care about this. I mean, I know we try and I don't want to derail your thing, but um, 
I don't know how to make people care that 170,000 people have died. And I feel like we're just, we're, this is sort of the scenario that I was most afraid of when we first talked about this, is that we would plateau at a really high number and then people would just keep dying. And eventually we would just see that as the background noise that like 1,100 people die every day. And that would just be background noise, right? And that's what it is now. We're just all living our lives. And I don't mean us specifically, but we're living our lives against the backdrop of 1,100 people dying every day. And I don't know how to make people care. I don't know how to convince people that they should care about their fellow person. I don't know what to tell them. But it's the most effing depressing thing I have probably seen in a long time. Outside of school shootings, which have stopped occurring because kids aren't in school anymore, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I was actually going <laughs> to say something like that because uh, when when we were dealing with the the mass of school shootings as that was happening, that there were a lot of people – that we're just like tuning that out because after you hear about tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, it stops being tragic. And yep. we as a nation have never actually chose to care about this virus. So like it's people are living their lives, not caring about how they're affecting people. And that's why we have so many people that are now being infected and so many people who have already died, like official actual deaths here in the U S yep. like, I don't, you're right. There's no good way to make people care about people. There's, there's just not like you either do it or you don't. And I'm not going to say anything else. Cause we're not trying to derail Alex's statement. We, if we can, we can talk more on our own show. If we, if we want to, if we want to talk more about that. All right. So the other, um, other big trend going on right now is uh, Trump's war on the post office. Yeah. Oh. So, um, uh, I did a background research here. So, uh, um, Louis DeJoy is a businessman and Trump fundraiser, and he was named as the 75th Postmaster General on June 16th. Since taking office, we've seen a significant reduction in the volume and speed of the United States Postal Service. And this came to a bit of a head when a group of 80 primarily Democratic lawmakers penned a letter to the USPS Inspector General asking for an investigation into the loss of performance for the USPS. Later that very day on August 7th, in what is being referred to by some out outlets as a Friday night massacre, uh, Mr. DeJoy announced sweeping overhaul of the agency, ousting several top executives and reshuffling around 30 other officials and operating managers. Since those changes, the United States Postal Service has removed hundreds and thousands of letter collection boxes across the country. Those are those little blue boxes you see, well, you used to see in uh, every city, and I say every city, every town across the world, sometimes several. Um, and then say an internal memo from the USPS also revealed plans to remove or deactivate 671 high volume mail processing machines. At the same time, President Trump says, and this is a direct quote, now they need that money in order to make the post office work so we can take all of those millions and millions of ballots. But if they don't get those two items, that means you don't have universal mail in voting. Direct quote. So in short, the president and members of his cabinet views the ability of people to vote and to partake in democracy as a threat to his chances of success in November. Yeah. Yeah. This, mm, this post office problem 
man, there's a lot to say. And, and I want to highlight something for people real quick. So part of what's happening here is this is like a 15-year plan by Republicans that's finally coming to fruition. They laid a trap uh, back in 2005, 2006. They laid a trap with the post office where they required that uh, all of their retirement benefits would have to be funded fully, pre-funded within 10 years. And I don't know the details of the bill. I think it passed in a very sort of un natural way but it's one of those very small bills that no one pays attention to because it just it's innocuous what it did though was it started the clock ticking so that in 10 years the post office would be funding stuff they couldn't possibly pay for all that debt that the post office has now is largely because of this bill that passed like in the dead of the night with no one advocating or talking about it at all because it was just a totally irrelevant bill that no one's going to cover it like CNN is not going to cover it. It's a random post office bill. No one even knows what's in it. And now we see they've been trying to defund the post office and get rid of it for like 20 years. This is actually, this is, I, we're going to, we want to talk about this on a later episode where we talk more about this, but they set this trap. Uh, sometimes I caution against tossing everything on Trump's shoulders because people miss the larger game. They set this trap like 15 years ago. Uh, and, you know, uh, we, we got to pay a little more attention sometimes to the things that happen while we're all covering the big news. There's other things happening. And this is an example of that. I had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to Google it on my phone. It's called the, the, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act, and it was signed by Bush in 2006, um, and it passed during a lame duck session of Congress, and it was approved uh, via voice vote uh, without objection. Hmm. So, right. yep, passed the lame duck session, and it was a ticking time bomb set for 10 years. <laughs> and lo and behold, and lo and behold, here we are, fifth, fourteen well, years. I would actually, I, and I'll go a step further. And they, you're, you're right. Like that was that was the tra- that was the trap. But they've yep. been laying the trappings for that for well, well before yep. that. Talking yep. about how much the post office costs. Yep. Like, like it's not a service. Like, yep. the, like you don't talk about the military in terms of what it costs. To run the military you talk you talk about the um military in the terms of what it caught like what you use it to run to yep. provide this service yep yeah um i'll also point out like 90 91 percent is that right i looked it up earlier and i don't have it on on hand of americans um have a positive opinion of the postal service night is like it's like 90 percent you don't get that number in politics. You just nope. don't. <laughs> no, nope. I'd be interested to see if that'll change after this, though. We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to dig in some more on this because that's actually one of the things I wanted to bring up when we talk about our, our later topic uh, on our separate podcast. But I'll be I'll be interested to see if that changes. But yeah, the post office is one of the only government agencies that everyone's like they do a really good job. Uh, they're just really good. They deliver tons of stuff they're a wonderful service but yeah no they've been laying this trap for a long time and uh, I, I was, I was Trump I is throwing it 92 percent wow 92 percent even better yep 
Yep. So uh, to to not be stuck on this for the rest of our time here, do we <laughs> do we do we have anything else uh, that's trending, Alex, or is it is that all you had today? Oh no, that was that was that was all I wanted to cover right now. Okay, there's a lot of meat in in both of those things, and they definitely warrant either other episodes or at the very least a, a couple posts to hash that out because there's just a lot going on, and I mean there's been a lot going on for a while, but. They, mm, Current current day America is, is looking very interesting, but I want to go ahead and highlight some of the uh, already posted and very interesting articles available uh, to be read on the Facebook page, uh, starting with the fact that Robert Trump uh, died. He's uh, He died at 71. He'd reportedly been hospitalized in intensive care several times this month, uh, but he was known, or well, he was also a businessman like, you know, Donald before him, uh, but he was known for his easygoing attitude and very often referenced as the nice Trump when they were working together uh, in, in uh, their father's business. So that, that happened. That's the thing. Um, Robert Trump is, is now no longer with us. Um, the one, of, one of the things I wanted to highlight, though, today is a, a promising new COVID-19 therapy may be effective at treating the virus. It's known, or at least it's, it's known in general as the uh, medicinal signaling cells or MSCs. And they've been known to eliminate the virus, calm the immune overreaction and repair damaged lung tissue. Um, the, the important part about this process is that there were two pilot trials, one in May and the other in June, and data from the both of those should be available before the end of September. Hmm. Good. So we'll, we'll see if that, in, in in the information that's available in the article itself, I think it was uh, like in, in May, there were, I think, a total of uh, either 10 or 11 people given and uh, like eight or nine had co- almost completely recovered from uh, heavy COVID symptoms. And for the one in June, I think that number was up to like, uh, I think 13 or 14 and like 10 or 11 had completely recovered. So it, it's it's looking like it's going to be very effective in removing or even completely reversing symptoms of COVID-19, but obviously more testing is necessary to understand how that works and what all that's going to be. There, there, haven't been, there hasn't really been any information released so far as to how much it's going to cost to implement that or if it's going to be widely available, but at the very least, there is a very possible good treatment for the virus and that's at the very least a step in the right direction um another thing that's a a bit of a well it's not really comical but it's comical to me um a texas boss uh told his employee to or sorry told his employee you can either take off your mask or go home and the article highlights the fact that there are several anti-mask workplaces around the US. The article gives a bit more detail about the company and like the actual situation. There was a meeting uh, and someone was wearing a mask to the meeting and uh, he was removed from the meeting because he refused to remove his mask. So that's a thing. Uh, Anti-mask workplaces are a thing. And (laughs) COVID-19. Don't know how I feel about that one. That's that's probably going to be a conversation but another day. I'm gonna have an uh, aneurysm. Like I, I just, I, I'm, I'm gonna take a second and say this though. I don't, I don't understand how, like, even if you were, like, 
even if you thought COVID-19 was a hoax and like you were someone who was like very anti-mask, like why would you take all of that into a workplace knowing full well what this virus does and like how it affects people? Like, even if you don't necessarily believe that the virus is as threatening as, as it might be, like why, why don't you want to take precautions to protect your people? Like, I don't get that. I, or I mean, if somebody chooses to wear a mask, it's not any of your business. Right? It's like, full stop. Even if there was no COVID, is it against some policy? No. Okay. <laughs> Move right along then. And, and this is my problem, right? Like, if you're going to make the argument that, um, a mask requ- uh, say a requirement is a um, infringement upon your liberty. Why do you get to infringe on the liberty of other people? I'm really that seems like an inherent contradiction, and I don't understand. Because it is thing, because, right. Yeah, as Francine just pointed out in our chat, what about liability if someone gets sick? Um. Yeah, as a business, look, that's a great point. Um, if, if someone's a business owner, I cannot imagine demanding everyone remove their mask because the liability, there has to be some liability problems there for you. I would only or, imagine I mean, there would be. If they're not in the books, uh, there are some good lawyers who, be, who will be more than happy to try and sue you <laughs> and, and set a precedent. They'll, they'll be, someone's going to get sued telling people yep. they can't wear a mask. Yep. <laughs> And they'll ruin it for everybody, although that's exactly what we want. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, one of the last things I wanted to touch on here, um, and this is actually something that I, I wanted you guys' opinion on, because this isn't, like, the, the financial aspects of uh, some of our government programs aren't things that I know a whole lot about being a young person here in America. But I will say, uh, there, there's an article pointing out that uh, Mitt Romney, we remember him. Uh, he warns of the desperate state of both the Social Security and Medicare trust funds. Um, he's got some legislation that he's pushing, but as far as I'm aware, talks regarding uh, saving that are kind of on hold since the you know the government is kind of on hold till September. I, I know I, you got a lot of feelings about that, Anthony, but <laughs> but yeah. Before we. Uh, before before we move on, uh, he he'd said that the the trust funds uh, that are supporting both Medicare and Social Security are all projected to expire within about a decade or so, and even in some cases just within about two to three years. And what is he proposing doing? Um, as far as I'm aware, I, I didn't actually look at the name of the legislation he's posting. The article has more details on that specifically, but I believe it's um, kind of a uh, like a catch up act. That's supposed to put money back into those programs through some means. I, I didn't actually look it up itself. Is he proposing raising taxes? Because if he's I, not, then Mitt Romney should sit down. I like <laughs> Mitt. Look, I like Mitt. I am generally a fan. I, I think Mitt Romney is legitimately tries to be a more standard old school style Republican. And I mean that not in like a negative way. But at some point, you're going to have to propose raising taxes on somebody, Mitt. I mean, Reagan did. <laughs> right. <three times. laughs> right. Reagan cut taxes and it was a disaster. And then he immediately raised them because they're like, oh, 
Turns That's out fine. I was wrong. Turns out I was wrong. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe you shouldn't belong to a party that is a tax cut party. Uh, a, uni- and, and a universal, a universal tax cut party. The, yes. Their, their fiscal, their fiscal uh, policy is cut taxes. I mean, their response to like we need economic stimulus, cut the payroll tax. I oh sure, I don't know, dude. I, not even a, not even a. They're not even. It's not even a tax it's cut. A, it's, it's a deferment. It's a deferment. It's, it's, yes, it's deferment. <laughs> you can pay it later when you have money. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but to be serious, though, the state of Social Security, I think all of us would acknowledge. None of us, I don't think, expect to collect it, right? No. At least I had assumed I wouldn't get it within my lifetime. So Knowing I. what I know about how that money was being used, I had assumed, I didn't realize it was just dire, but I had assumed it was going to go away well before I would be able to cash in on it. But, uh, A decade? Yeah. I, yeah, um, Mitch should should propose raising taxes on people. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I, it does. I'm not quite sure. I, I didn't look into the legislation right. itself. But yeah, those are some things uh, currently going on that I thought I'd bring some attention to because some of those are, are very interesting. I'm, I'm very, very excited, given all of our COVID numbers and everything else happening, that there's there's a possible treatment that's probably what I'm the most excited for. And that was the thing I was most excited to highlight today. But there are lots of things to go look at over on that website. We share articles all the time, sometimes multiple times a day. All, all, everything is fact-checked. It's all worth your time. It's all worth your read. So definitely check, check it out. See what you can see. All that other good stuff. So for now, um, as always, this podcast is brought to you in part by El Yak Productions, the studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. Excellent transition, Josh. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow and like us on our Facebook page. Please, please go do that. That's where we uh, interact with you guys the most. Again, that's where our polls are. That's where whenever we post numbers, that's where that'll be. All that other good stuff. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We, we very much love hearing from you guys, and we hope we're, we're excited to hear from you more. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Josh out.